Hey, today on El Donzo and D's, we're going to be addressing J.B. Prickster, his double standards, why we have to wear masks, and we're going to touch on sports, too, with that. We're also going to talk about Biden. We're going to talk about the Amazon clock that Jeff Bezos is building. And a local stripper goes crazy on the USS Intrepid. Coming right up. Oh, yes, and we have double the insanity in our earpieces today. We have Dee's with us for the first time. Uh, As you know, he's going to be co-hosting with me going forward, so it's a two-man show. And today, we're going to address J.B. Prickster. We're going to address the double standards that he imposes. We're going to address the masks in Illinois. We're also going to talk about sports to start things off. So this double standard thing, if anybody's been watching the news out of Illinois, uh, J.B. Pritzker has mandated the stay-at-home order for another month. Meanwhile, his wife gets on a plane and goes down to Florida to enjoy the sunshine and the weather there and take care of their horses. You know, when asked about this, J.B. Pritzker said it was reprehensible that anybody would question that. Now, what are your thoughts on this, Dees? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Why wouldn't he be questioned on that when he's telling everybody to stay home, yet he gets to send his family on a nice little vacation because even he knows what a, uh, what a shithole this place is right now under his rule. You know, this is a classic example of do as I say, not as I do. And I see a lot of memes online about, you know, I'll do what I want and you peasants stay in your homes. But right. that's really that's really how we feel. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. this is, and then to, then to turn around and gaslight this by saying that that if we ask that question, that's just reprehensible of us to do that. And he's he's not going to be he's not going to answer that like it's like we're the bad guys here. No, at the very least, he owes some kind of explanation why he thinks that that's okay that he's telling everybody else to to do like you said to do as as he says not as he does and then sends them off to sunny florida peak vacation season exactly you know this is why everybody in the state of illinois is pissed off i know you got other states too i know new york look new york's doing what they got to do new york's the epicenter of this i don't live in new york state so i'm not gonna throw out my two cents to New York State. Yeah, well, I have friends in New York. Uh, really? And one of them is actually a correctional officer at uh, Rikers who had the virus and has literally, he's been home. I think he goes back to work tonight, but he's been home for, I want to say, at least three weeks. And, I mean, it's 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 pretty bad there. I mean, yeah. They're, yeah the, well, it's people living on top of people. So, right. You know, the, the infection rate, I guess, is so high with this thing. But you factor in, like I said, people living on top of people. I mean, it's 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 a powder keg. Yeah, and, and a place like that, it, it needs to be mandated for them to stay home in a place like that. Chicago needs to be like that right now. But for it to be that way down here is ridiculous. And I even pointed this out um, on my Facebook page, I believe last week, just, right. just McLean County. Um, as of today... We have 99 cases in a county of 100 and almost 72,000 people. There. And that number hasn't really grown in the past couple of days. I mean, it's, well, it is since I looked it up, which was a, a little over a week ago, there's been, I think, an additional 14 cases. But of those additional 14 cases, 
most of or, or most of those fourteen also fell off the back end, right? Because we have um, so we're nine. S- go ahead. Ninety nine total cases. Eighty five of those are now considered fully recovered. Awesome. And, and we had the three deaths. All three were people over seventy with underlying health conditions. And then, so currently, we have four in the hospital, seven isolated at home. So eleven people. In, in out of 172,000 is all we have right now that's under treatment. I mean, so we don't need those strict restrictions down here. Well, no, we don't have that curve that no. they're seeing or they think that they're going to see up in Chicago. Right. You know, which, you know, leads us to the masks. You know, I got in an argument with somebody about this mask thing. You, you've got two extremes to this, and we're going to try to bring this into just some common sense right now. So one extreme is, Everybody has to wear their mask. If you don't wear your mask, we're going to die. You're, you're putting people at risk by not wearing your mask. The other extreme, okay, is, oh, it's my right not to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask under any circumstances. I'm going to boycott stores that wear a mask. I kind of get both sides here, but let's just meet in the middle on this. The reason I'm against the masks being mandated is a piss poor way to do it. You know, you got J.B. Pritzker coming out here and saying, you got to wear masks. It don't have to be surgical masks. Uh, you can cut up a T-shirt and put it around your face. Which does absolutely nothing. You know, it may keep some uh, particles in yeah. your mouth when you sneeze. But this, you know, they go on about Trump giving medical advice. This is insanity. Right. It really is. And it's something that they cannot enforce. Now, I think people that are, you know, older, they're in that demographic, that are high at risk. Yeah, go, you know, wear a mask. Limit how much you go to the store. But, you know... We also got to wash our hands. We got to keep that social distancing. You, I, I think you got a story coming up, but I got one. I went to Walmart. It was a shit show. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had to have the mask on your head. It could be around your, somewhere on your head. It could have been on the back of your head. They'll let you in there. And then I saw Walmart employees didn't have it on. I saw people walking around. The people that I saw. If, that they, were, if they had them on, they were not on right. They like were their not nose on would be exposed. Like you're missing the point. Yeah. And, and I watched people go up to talk to other people and they'd get in their face to talk to them and pull down the mask. Right. And it's like, how do you expect? It's tough enough. Like if you own a business and have to have people wear PPE, mm-hmm. it's tough to enforce that and get people to accept that culture. That's in the work, workplace where you are paying somebody to do something. Right. So to expect that all these people I hear are going to do it. There's gas stations. You walk in there. They don't, they don't care if you got a mask on or not. Well, yeah. Right, right down the road. I mean, I went there this morning and the guy's got it hanging off of his ear. Yeah. It's, um, it's not enforceable. It's a feel good thing that he wanted to come out, I think, and say, Hey, look what I'm doing. I'm making all my residents wear masks. Yeah. And it's, it's a form of micromanagement. Well, and, and not only are they telling you, you have to wear a mask to go in the place, but then their own employees are either not wearing them or not wearing them properly, but they won't let you in the door unless you have one on. Like I went to Menards yesterday and they have people at, at both the entrance and the exit and they only allow a certain amount of people in. And if you didn't have a mask that you could buy one for a dollar. Right. And what some people know and some people don't is that legally they can't enforce it. All you have to do is say, I have a medical condition. And they're not allowed to ask you, due to uh, HIPAA laws, they're not allowed to ask you what that condition is. That's true. I forgot about the HIPAA laws. Then you get into the whole, well, they can refuse service to anybody, as any business can, but I don't think anybody really wants to get into that fight. But it's just ridiculous that you have this mandate, and then you walk into a store expecting, you know, everybody to be in compliance, but the people that are working there aren't. 
So it, it, it makes no sense. It really does nothing. And we've already found that the virus can survive on surfaces for a certain amount of time. So just because you have a mask on, yeah, you're not going to breathe it in right then. But if it's on your face or your hands or whatever, chances are it's going to be on your clothes. Yep. It's going to get where it's going to go, no matter if you're wearing a mask or not. It I, does absolutely no good. Um, if you're smart about it and, like you said, elderly or people with underlying conditions, right. wear your mask, wear your gloves, carry be a bottle safe. of sanitizer with you. You know, Use common sense. And we don't have to go through all this. If you and I can't stress this enough, if you're in the high risk category, you have underlying health conditions, and I'm not making this up. This is this is, you know, what our leaders are telling us, and this is what science is telling us. Take those precautions. But the fact that you had uh, people in the federal government doubling down and saying no, masks do not work like you're being told they're working. Right. You know, it's who am I going to believe, the federal government or JB? Pritzker and neither really at this point. Yep. <laughs> well, I agree. I, mean, I agree. I agree. And, and I've already seen two stories just today. Um, I believe it was Oklahoma city. The mayor has now redacted that mask rule because somebody, they were threatened with violence in a store or something like that. It, it's and just not enforceable. The Ohio, I believe the Ohio governor has already backtracked and said that the mask mandate might have gone too far. Is, is what he said, and it really has. It's it's ridiculous, it's overkill, and it's really not going to do any good. And we're in an area that, like I said, it, I don't think it's that serious that everybody walking around in public needs to be wearing a mask. Well, and once again, just to add to this, so you, if you want to wear a mask into the bank, you can do that now. I don't know if... You know, somebody told me, well, if you're going to rob a bank, you're just going to rob a bank. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, I don't know. You know, I I can get in the bank a lot easier with a mask on now. Right. Well, well what just, do you do? You walk in, you go, give me all my money. Not your money. Yeah, my money. Give me my money back. That's what, we, that's what we should be saying to the federal government. Yeah. You know, another thing that's really got this uh, that we have to take a look at, and Dee's got some insight into this, is sports during the coronavirus and how, that's, how that shutdown has been affecting everything. We touched on that on the show announcement uh, yesterday. So, yeah, D, what are your thoughts on this, man? Obviously, yeah, I'm the sports fan of the two of us here, and it's just There's... been ridiculous. Uh, this is a kind of a bad time for me anyway, sports-wise, because I'm a diehard football fan. I love football. I like the other sports, just because, like I said yesterday in our little intro, I like the fact that they're there. I don't right. necessarily – like. If I want to watch a baseball game during the summer, chances are I can find one. It's like a kid in his blanket. It's, it's right. there. It's a security. And so I can always go to sports. I always have that. We're living. Right. I don't think we really realize what kind of weird times that we're living through right now to where basically the world stopped. Everything that, that we've known, um, going to the movies, going, you know, sporting events, things like that, even if sitting at home watching sports and it's not there. And a lot of people don't look into the economic impact, not just the, the millionaire right. football and baseball players that aren't getting right. paid, you know, to hell with those guys. I'm talking about the people that work in the stadiums, the people that own the businesses yep. in those sports cities that count on 
20, 30,000 people going out to an event and then that's hitting a bar, an amazing restaurant. amount of revenue oh, God, for everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's your trickle down Especially, right there. Especially, I mean, basketball is one thing because, you, you know, a, a basketball city will have anywhere from, from one to three games in a week, depending on if they're on a road trip, whatever. Right. But baseball is constant. I mean, there's, you have three game series and usually teams will be home for a week at a time. So all those local businesses just daily getting bombarded with, with revenue and now, and they get none of that right now. And it trickles all the way down from the guy selling hot dog in the stands to the waitress at the bar across the street from the stadium that, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars they don't have. And that, you know, 1200 bucks ain't going to make up for that. Well, and I also get the lack of motivation on the players as well. I know they were talking about doing uh, empty stadium games early on. Yeah. In fact, I believe NASCAR just announced that they were going to do, I think, seven races uh, this month. To with, empty stadiums? Yeah, with you, no fans. Look, and I get from, from being in music and playing in live bands, I understand what they're saying with that. It's it, really Unless hard your to, name is Kyle Larson. Yeah, I'll, He's not driving anywhere. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's not. He may go to the grocery store, but he's not going to be in a race anytime soon. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. So just hang tight. And there's more El Donzo and D's where this came from, baby. All right. El Donzo and D's are back. Now we're going to move on to something that's been, uh, you know, taking up a lot of space in the headlines lately. We're going to talk about Joe Biden and everything going on with him and Tara Reid and kind of kind of the differences in, uh, in media reporting that we see on that and some other details as well. So as everybody knows, Tara Reid was a former staffer for Joe Biden. Um, she has come out recently and accused the ex-vice president of sexual assault now. Now, originally this was, originally this was sexual harassment. Um, he, she said that he made her feel uncomfortable. I see a lot of people out there talking about that, that she's changed her story. One thing I do want to focus on with this is she may have said sexual harassment at one point or made to feel uncomfortable 30 years ago, but the way this stuff is described has changed a lot over the past 30 years. I mean, there's stuff that I wouldn't say was acceptable, but it was tolerated differently 30 years ago than it is now. What would fly as a rude comment 30 years ago is now sexual harassment. Uh, What would be somebody brushing into somebody 30 years ago would be nothing. Now it could be sexual assault. Would you agree with what I'm... Yeah, we could get into an entire show on just the differences in that kind of stuff between now and, like I said, when, when we were kids or when our parents were our age. So, I, you know, with that said, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and say that her story has changed because of this. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we got to look at. I'm not saying that Joe Biden is guilty of it, but look, if after watching what Brett Kavanaugh went through with the Supreme Court nomination, they got to pull out the stops and look into this and make sure this is correct before. I think he's uh, allowed to continue to run for vice president. I mean, they crawl up everybody else's butt. They need to do the same thing to Joe Biden. And the Democrats are really losing steam here because of their nonchalant attitude towards this, which I think is a smack in the face to their supporters and a smack in the face to women that have come forward with allegations of sexual assault or harassment. Yeah, they're definitely trying to brush it under the rug, but every day it just seems like it gains more and more steam. Um, I guess playing devil's advocate, my question is, is where, where was all of this? 
eight years ago when, when he was the vice president? Like, why, why now is, I guess, the only thing that. And that's the age old question. I mean, this stuff lingers and lingers and lingers. Uh, I'm not saying I don't believe her. Right. Because she seems to remember specific details. Whereas the, the Brett Kavanaugh lady, she had nothing, anything. I mean, it, it was pathetic. So Christine Balsey Ford. I'll make Alyssa Milano happy. I believe her. I guess my question is, is why wait till now to, to say something? But well, and we know that we have people coming forward. We have neighbors of hers coming forward from the nineties, right? From when this happened, we have her siblings come to say, yeah, this is what she told us happened. Now she's saying that she, uh, excuse me here, that she reported this and there is paperwork on it somewhere. She reported this back in the nineties, right? And then she came forward a couple months ago with a couple other women, and it kind of got brushed under the rug, and now she's reigniting this thing. So it has been reported previously. Right. Now, why, why didn't she bring it up when he was uh, vice president? I don't know. Right. I can't say I don't know. But, you know, you and I were talking about the differences in media outlets reporting this. Well, and that's I, something you said you, you actually, were looking Actually, looking, looking right here on the front page of Fox News, I guess I just— probably answered my own question. She says that it was the treatment of Anita Hill that, uh, that yes. caused her to be quiet. And I kind of understand that because she was raked over the coals over that. Yeah. So I, I getting to the whole me too thing. Um, I guess I kind of understand why she wouldn't just because of the scrutiny that she's facing now from the other if, side. If you listen to a lot of people that have been sexually abused, they soup, they suppress that. Yeah. They keep that inside. They don't want to tell anybody. They feel ashamed. They feel embarrassed. They may feel scared. That is a trauma. Fair point. Yeah. To be sexually abused. Uh, they had a guy call in, I think it was Rush Limbaugh yesterday, who was sexually abused when he was a kid. And instead of telling anybody about it, you hear a thousand stories like this. They're was all it Boy sad. Scouts or the Catholic Church? D, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no, but you can hear a thousand stories like this where people are saying this, that they didn't want to come forward. They felt ashamed. They tried to suppress it. They turned to drugs and alcohol. They get... Oh, depressed sure. about it and it's not until they can go and talk to somebody by the way if if anybody out there has any issues like this get out there go find somebody who is equipped to deal with this and help you don't keep it suppressed yeah definitely so and okay so you just said you answered your own question that's up there now uh what else do you got on the difference between the media outlets well just as i said yesterday i'm not really conservative or liberal um but the social divide between the two sides is, has never been more prevalent. And the perfect example of that is if you, you can log on right now, I'm looking at both screens right now. If you go to CNN.com, which everybody knows, that's, right. that's liberal media. Clinton News Network. <laughs> yeah, it, it is literally the, the front page that loads up without scrolling, I'm looking at. All you see is coronavirus and anti-Trump. And then a few other little things. I think there's something about uh, North Korea, South Korea, but most of it is coronavirus and how Trump has been wrong. Flip the script and go to Fox News front page without scrolling. It's all Biden accuser, sex assault, all this stuff. Well, and I that just goes to show that it, you can't get online, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever without just having somebody's opinion. Cause that's all this is. It is. It is. A lot of it is. A lot of it is opinion shows you get into uh, 
Don Lemon. Right. But Sean Hannity. That's opinion. That isn't really news reporting. That's opinion. Now, mm-hmm. they do report the news, and they give you your, their right. opinion on it. But they always put their own specific spin on that. They do, and you're never going get to get away from that. No. Uh, I will say this, though, about the difference between the coronavirus and the Tara Reid thing, in, in my eyes, trying to take the, the uh, partisanship out of this. Coronavirus has been going on for months. Everybody knows what's happening with coronavirus. Uh Tara Reid is breaking news still. Right. Well, and still CNN isn't going to feature that because that's directly. The, no, but they, they did. You can find it on there. Oh, you can MSNBC, find it. MSNBC, the New York, the Washington Post, they're all doing it now, but they're doing it because they've been pressured right. to do it. I mean, that's really yeah, the only reason why. But it's not, why. like I said, if you go to CNN to find it, you've got to look. You have to you have to try to find it. Correct. Now, I'll, t- I'll tell you a difference in the in the media. So let's say, uh, let's say Trump and Joe Biden. I would say if Joe Biden doesn't drop out of the damn race, they're eventually going to have uh, a debate. So what you're going to see from Fox News is Trump stomps Biden. And mm-hmm. what you're going to see from CNN is Biden tops Trump and oh, yeah. all this other yeah. stuff. That's that's going to be the difference, I think. Oh, for sure. The yeah, coronavirus yeah. terror thing, I get where you're coming from. You're going to see one and not the other, depending on which one you go to. I don't think it's... I don't think it's outlandish for Fox News to be covering Tara Reid more than they're covering the coronavirus. Oh, no, no, no. Right I'm now. not saying outlandish by any means. I'm just merely pointing out the difference right. between the two, you know, obviously blue network and red network over here. Here's what we want you to read. It's all bad about this. Right. And then you got CNN, MSNBC talking about the coronavirus because they're trying to blame this whole economic downfall on Trump and his quote, slow response and all this. So it, it's all just a matter of here is what you need to believe to get you to vote for our guy. You know, and I, I'll always be a Fox News guy. When I get the Fox News feed in, the Fox News feed is, is news. You know, your Hannity's and your Tucker Carlson's, they're more of that opinion, get your riled up thing. Right. But I look, I got to be honest with you. When I see news come through from Fox, it's very down the middle. Now, they may pick and choose which is going to be at the top of their news ticker right but you know if i go take fox news and fact check it and research it it always comes out accurate most i wouldn't say always 99 percent of the time right you get your cnn's and your msnbc's and they put these little spins you know not that you know i give you an example yesterday it was tara reed changes her story well her story didn't change it's a description of it changed just little stuff like that you see a lot with those right so it's it's really hard to gauge sometimes, though. Same thing goes, like, on television, the same, you know, I used to religiously watch um, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Right. He was a known liberal, but at the same time, you could watch his show, and he wouldn't just blatantly trash Republicans. I mean, if, if Democrats were doing Bill something Bill Maher was the same way. Yeah, he would, he would call them out. And he still does. Yeah call it Democrats. but then as soon as he left and that was literally right before the the trump hillary election he yeah. left and they brought in trevor noah and immediately you could sense that there was an agenda because every single night every single show was anti-trump it was basically yep. a 30 minute commercial for hillary clinton and ever since trump has been president it's the same thing it's Tonight on The Daily Show, what did Trump do wrong? And yeah. It, it's gotten really old and stale and unfunny, and it's just not its not worth watching anymore. It's a, it's a running gag that has run its course. Yeah. It's like if we told the same joke to each other every day, it would get old yes. and don't want to hear it. 
I didn't mind, you know, no matter who was president, George Bush, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, I get that these late night shows or, you know, like Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah, that's, that's kind of satire too. Right. Okay. That's not really reporting the news. That's reporting the news and making jokes. You know, when John Stewart used to do that and Jay Leno, uh, Conan O'Brien, Saturday night, Saturday night live. I never minded when they took my candidate and made fun of him because they did it equally. Right. But when Donald Trump came along, it's like all bets are off. We're going to run this yeah. into the ground and shove it right up your butts and down your throats. And if you don't like it, then you're evil and you want people to die. It's and we specifically insane. point at Trevor Noah, but it's really, it's all, like you said, it's all of the late night shows. Maybe not to the degree that, that they do on Comedy Central, but Fallon and uh, Stephen Colbert, who used to be a, he was kind of the the Republican counterpart counterpoint to John Stewart. Yeah, but 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 it was all a mockery of the Republicans. Right, but but, uh, but I always thought Stephen Colbert was like kind of middle of the road when he had the Colbert well, report on. He was actually he was more Republican. Really, like he played like he was the Ronald Reagan clone, but it was just in contradiction to John Stewart. They fed off of each other because right. John Stewart was a known liberal, even though he wasn't bashed. You know the GOP every time he got on. And Colbert kind of played the opposite because yeah. they wanted to play both sides. Well, then when Colbert decided to leave to take the um, the Late Show, you know, th- then he became what he is, which is hardcore liberal. Yeah, bleeding heart. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell you what, we're going to take one more break here, at least one more, and uh, we'll be back. Donzo out for now. Give us a few minutes. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Aldonzo and Dees. We're back, and uh, we're talking about Pornhub. Dees, what what are we? What's old Pornhub looking like nowadays? Well, Pornhub has no shame. In fact, I think they're proud of keeping track of their stats. And we found something <laughs> interesting that during the lockdown, and they've got it only tracked through through mid March. So the numbers through April, I would have to guess, are going to be even higher. But just through mid-March, from from February 24th through uh, March, I believe, 17th is what they have. Worldwide, we were looking at an 11.6% increase in traffic compared to their average day. So what's the sales of uh, Jergens look like lately? I, I would think <laughs> now would be a good time to buy stock. Italy, which we know how bad it was over in Italy, Italy spiked 57%. Man, they should have they should have right arms like Arnold Schwarzenegger right? at this point, man. Well, you know, I'm sure there's probably some strangers going on there too, you know. <laughs> Switch it lefty backhanded. Oh no. France was 38%, Spain was 61%. Wow. Uh, here in the United States though, it's kind of weird because it it actually the first couple days it dipped. So I don't know if maybe Americans were afraid to they were going to catch something on Pornhub, but then it started to, to take slow spikes through March. And then as of March 17th, it was only 6.4%. Maybe there was a phenomenon like Corona ED that even was... Canada was higher than us. So maybe America is not as perverted as everybody thinks. I heard Canadians are pretty perverted. Well, Canadians were uh, 7.2%. So still higher than the United States, but not the numbers that we're seeing in Spain and Italy. Oh, wow. They obviously have nothing better to do. Speaking, speaking of uh, insanity, 
Jeff Bezos has decided to build a clock. Yeah. I I don't even know what to say to this. What's this, like a $45 million clock, and where is it at, in Texas? Yeah, it's in, I guess, the what do they call it, the Sierra Diablo mountain range in, I think it's northwest Texas. And it's on land that he owns. Well, yeah. And it's in, it's basically in a mountain. It's like NORAD then, isn't it? Yeah, you can't, literally, when you think, oh, he's building this great giant clock that's going to last for, what do you say, 10,000 years. Yeah, 10,000 years. And they've got... I'm not going to be here in 10,000. Anyway, go ahead. They've got these, um, the guy, I guess, that initially thought of it, um, 1986 is when he came up with this idea. And it started as just almost like the size of a grandfather clock that he built. And it, he, it went live for him in 1999, just before the, um, the millennium so that you can right. actually see when it over. And then for some reason back in, I think it was 2018 is when uh, Jeff Bezos got together with this guy and decided let's build this. That's when Jeff, Jeff Bezos goes, that's not a clock. This is a clock, right? <laughs> Where is it at? Um, well, I think it's supposed to. I heard on the news yesterday it's supposed to, uh, I think it was tick once a year and yeah. chime every millennium. Every millennium. So. $45 million on a clock that nobody gets to see? This is just... Clock I of can't... the long now, it's called. Clock Clock of the long now? Mm-hmm. N-O-W? Yes. If I had his money, I could burn mine. Right. I mean, you know, I'm not one of these guys. There wouldn't that, be a toilet paper shortage anymore. I'll tell nah, you that. No shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not one of these guys that that criticizes how people spend their money. That's their money. They earned it. That's hard-earned cash. I'm also not one of these guys on the bandwagon of, you know, well, this guy only paid this in taxes. This guy only paid that in taxes. But, you know, hey, Jeff, you're making it really hard on yourself by bo- building a $45 million clock that helps Nobody right now. No, there's way better uses for uh, that kind of money than to build a clock that, uh, let's be honest, the thought of it and the the idea of it is cool. You know, it could be a, uh, like a tourist attraction for millennium to come, but he's building it inside of a mountain that you can't get to. Without like rock climbing gear and you, you know I gotta I gotta do some more research into this because I can't figure out what the uh, what the end game is what what his goal is with this at this point. Yeah, it's literally it's it'll how tell much time for the next ten thousand years? It's our just so far forty two million, and it's not done. It's nowhere near done. How much? I got a question. How much pot do you think Jeff Bezos had <sighs> to smoke to come up with this idea? Uh, I don't think it's pot. I, at that point, I think we're talking hallucinogens. I mean, has this cheese slid off his cracker? Yeah, it, it has to. It's it's a the guy that designed it. Like I said, 1986 is he's now a professor at MIT Media Lab, and his main thing is building supercomputers and a, a dinosaur robot Disney theme park rides. And somewhere down the road, him and Bezos became friends, and I can see this right Decided, now. Let's do it. I could, I could hear, hey, Jeff, you know, I've got this idea. I've been kind of working on this clock. Yeah, tell me about it. It's going to last 10,000 years. Nobody's going to get to see it. It's going to tick once a year and chime every millennium. Jeff Bezos, what, I mean, what, 
Hey, 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 let's build it, man. Let's go ahead and get this puppy built. I just don't know how that. And just maybe he's got a clock fetish. A little more. It's going to be 500 feet tall. Inside a mountain. Inside the mountain. Yes. Inside a mountain. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, dear God. Hey, 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 something else you wanted to talk about real quick. Because this Amazon clock thing, I mean, I wanted to, anybody that didn't know about it, I wanted to get it out there. But actually, it's giving me, a, I mean, it makes my head hurt Think trying to justify, at this point, a $45 million clock that's inside a mountain that nobody can see that. Let's let's move on to something else here. Dees, and Dees has some insight into this, actually. So he's got some skin in this game. There's a local stripper that went crazy on the uh, USS Intrepid. That's kind of the headline. What can you tell us about this, Dees? Uh, well, this woman named, uh, her real name is Jessica Prim, and she went by the name of Nikita Steele mm. uh, in the local adult entertainment industry. Uh, she was a dancer, and I knew her. I for those of you that don't know, I spent a considerable amount of time as a strip club DJ, and I worked with this girl uh, probably 12 years ago or so. And oh, she was. Hey, time out, time out, real quick. He just said you were a strip club DJ. You worked in strip clubs. Yes. We're going to get back to, okay. to this. I, I got to ask you real quick because I touched on this yesterday. Drive through strip clubs in Oregon. Yeah. What are your thoughts, real quick, on this? I mean, the, they got to make a buck somehow. I mean,. It, there's a market for it, obviously. You know, there's a. I've been in strip clubs. You know, even when I wasn't working there, um, there's guys that they'll pay money, and if if it's allowed, there's a market. Wow. Well, so you think they can actually flourish during this deal with? I don't know about flourish, but they can survive. Yeah, I, I mean, they're not going to have like on a typical Saturday night a, a nice big club. You'll go in and find 25, 30 girls. You're not going to find that. Right. You know, there might be one or two girls. In fact, there was a new club that was just starting to open and, and get going before all this craziness went down. And it's being ran by um, the current Miss Nude World or Miss Nude Universe, I believe. And they literally had their grand opening. And then two weeks later, they were closed because of this. And they offered a drive through. I think it was, they had a big TV outside and you could go and you could put money in this ATM and it would make it rain on the stripper on the stage. I don't think it lasted very long um, because they didn't have the traffic that they had hoped for. Um, I think it's going to be, if you're into that kind of thing, a great club when it, when we get all everything open back up. But again, if, if the market is there and people will support it by all means, knock yourself out. I just had to thank you. Just had yeah. to get your opinion. So let's go into this. Uh, so this anyway, lady. yeah, this this Nikita Steele, like I said, I worked with her, and and she was as a DJ, she was a dream to work with. She she showed up when she was supposed to. She never caused any drama. Right. Uh, just she, your just your average yeah. model stripper. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she obviously she would drink, and although she, again never had a problem, uh, never knew her to to be in. The drugs, which right. it, let's be honest, that's pretty prevalent in strip club industry. Anyway, fast forward to uh, something happened. I don't know what, but uh, it, and if you followed her Facebook page, you could see that she, I, I guess, snapped. Went off the deep end. Yeah. And snapped a cog. Decided uh, the story is and. You can actually watch it if you go to the New York Post or the, the New York Daily News. There's a video. She live streamed the whole thing. And even 
if you go to her actual Facebook page, she live streamed part of the trip, which I didn't watch a lot of it, but the whole time she's talking about it. Anyway, her story was she was watching a, uh, a Donald Trump press conference. Okay. And she even told the, the police officer that she felt that he was specifically talking to her and that she was the coronavirus. That she, like, she was, was the coronavirus. Yeah, not that she had the coronavirus. She was the coronavirus. Like, so, on like, a whim. Like, my name is Legion, right. for I am many. Like right. that. Wow. On a whim, she decided to get in her truck and drive to uh, New York to the port where her, I guess her plan was to go to the USS Comfort, which is the basically the floating hospital. But because of all the security there, she only got as far as to where the USS Intrepid was docked, and she was stopped by security and um, was and acting she, erratically. And she live-streamed all this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, well, the, the live-stream picks up as, uh, I believe, the police at this point have gotten there. Wow. And, and she's talking to them and she's even explaining the same thing that I just said about Donald Trump talking to her and that she was the coronavirus and they're trying to kind of talk her off the ledge. And um, so then a few, few days prior to that, and it's still on her Facebook page, you can go and look. She made some kind of threatening remarks about uh, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton and uh, Podesta about they have to be taken out in the name of Babylon, whatever the hell that means. Whoa. Right. So as soon as the uh, NYPD runs her name, within minutes, the Secret Service arrives, which that's all you need to know about Big Brother. Yeah, is that exactly. She, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, everything that you post on social media, somebody is watching. Well, that's for sure. And I see people post the dumbest stuff on social media. Yeah. It's like, hey, you can't, you can't do that. Then they're surprised when they get caught. So within minutes, the Secret Service arrives and, and basically put her in cuffs and took her somewhere. Now, speculation is to jail, speculation that uh, a hospital to have a mental evaluation. She now, needs I, it. I do know that she is out. I don't know if she's gotten home yet. The last I read, she was still in New York because they had impounded her truck. Um, she might be back. I don't know. But just like I said, she seemed pretty damn normal the last time I saw her, which was 10, 12 years ago. And wow. Wow. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And that wraps up this edition of uh, Friends of D's. So <laughs> we'll be back here in a few minutes. Guys, sit tight. Don't go anywhere. Hey, El Donzo and Dees is back uh, from our short break. Had to get some more coffee. You know, Dees has been compiling some stories for us that we're going to start calling Tales from the Bazaar. So what are we? What's our, what's our first goofy, corny story that's uh, made the news, Dee? What do you got? Well, straight from the Huffington Post, I've got a few stories here for us. Uh, we'll start off with, I guess, a good news story in uh, Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, with a little bit of luck and persistence, a Colorado man has hit the jackpot twice. What? Twice after playing the same numbers for 30 years. Now, not only did he hit it twice, he hit them both on the same day for $1 million each. I'm calling BS. Well, his name, he's only identified as Joe B, the winning ticket. Yeah, he's not giving his name out. Right, yeah, I stupid. wouldn't either. Joe B bought God. one ticket in the morning and another one for the evening drawing, and he hit them both 
for a million bucks each. You know, the best thing, the best thing is he's going to be broke in like three months. Oh yeah. yeah. Especially in Colorado. He probably went straight to the dispensary and well, you know what? Hey, it's Rocky like if you mountain get, high. Yeah. If you give a mouse a cookie, you know, then he's going to buy every snack at the seven 11 exactly. on top of it. Nothing, be- nothing better than gas station burritos, right? When you're stoned or even just when you're drunk. I would rather go to like La Bamba or something different, but, but they'll do. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Hey man, when you're baked dude and you don't have any transportation. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No, you're going to eat it. Yep. Yep. You know what my thing is, is, you know, if I come home intoxicated, I will bake a frozen pizza and I will load it up with sriracha, sriracha sauce, the really hot stuff. And I'll just keep squirting it on there. I'll eat it, and I wake up the next morning and, and, Want to die. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't normally do that if I was sober. Anyway, moving on. So what's our next story? What right, we got our next here? one, um, back to the good old coronavirus. In Key West, Florida. Corona. Key West, Florida has canceled the 40th annual Ernest Hemingway Lookalike Contest. <laughs> what? The, yes. The fact that they've been able to do this for Let me see this. 40 years. It's a three-night competition, which had been scheduled for July 23rd through 25th. And typically, it says it tracks more than 100 burly-bearded contestants from the U.S. and international locales to a place called Sloppy Joe's Bar. You know, I can hardly contain myself at the thought of an Ernest Hemingway lookalike contest. Right. That's got to draw the chicks, right? Man, that's barrels of money. I mean, they got to be getting butt left and right down there, A a bunch of old fat dudes with beards. Uh, Hey, I think I know what I'm doing next summer. Hey, guys, save some snapper for the rest of us, okay? It says most contestants are between 60 and 80 years old, uh, and it pretends. So obviously that's like the target audience for the, the Corona patients is the, the elderly. So they want to just get them the hell away. And as Florida, just real quick, I know Florida is, is starting to reopen beaches and stuff like that. Yeah. Key West has already announced that they will not be open to tourists for at least the remainder of this month. So, but again, that's in mid July, late July, and they're, they're canceling it already. Uh, they've already scheduled next year's contest for uh, July 22nd through 24th of 2021. If, if you want to plan your vacation to go to that, I was really looking to the uh, looking forward to the Ernest Hemingway lookalike contest. You know, you could you could pull off like a Ted Kaczynski before you got your beard trimmed up. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the look I was going for. That, That's why uh, I, you got it. I, I was ready to to write my manifesto. And... <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Apparently, if you live in North Carolina, it is okay to flip the bird to a cop. Oh, man. I don't. Are you sure it's okay to flip the bird? That's what a judge says. A state trooper's decision to stop a driver who flashed an obscene hand gesture wasn't justified. The North Carolina Supreme Court ruled on Friday, overturning several lower court decisions. They ruled unanimously that the evidence showed Trooper Paul Stevens lacked reasonable suspicion to pull over Sean Patrick Ellis for disorderly conduct on a Stanley County road in January of 2017. El Donzo sees many speeding tickets in this man's future. Yeah. (laughs) You want to talk about driving around with a target? I think I would have to move. That'd be as bad as driving around with a sign that says F the police on it. Right. Well, that's basically what he did was just, here you go, shoot the bird. Dude, they're going to pull that guy over. He's got to move. I, you almost have to. There's no way. Cause I mean, every friend that's a cop of that cop 
I mean, they've Dude. got his make and model and license plate probably posted. Yes, on and their all dashboard. those all the cops coordinate with cops in the surrounding counties and towns. This guy's screwed. He's gonna have to check his lights and and everything before he goes on every single trip. He's gonna have to look over the shoulder for the rest of his life. Also, he can say, "Dude, I flipped the cop off." Yeah. Great. He's probably going to lead the nation Idiot. In, Idiot. in tickets for going 31 and a 30. Hey, you know what? That's speeding. They can write. I, oh, absolutely. He's asking for it. Screw yeah. him. I don't care. He, he's asking for it. Yep. And then finally, I I had to include this one. Alex Jones. Oh, God, everybody. If you've watched any kind of news in the last decade, you at least have an idea of who Alex Jones is. He's just huge conspiracy theory nut job who now basically tries to sell anything and everything that he can, whether it be ridiculous or, or even decent, but because it's coming from him, it, it's just unbelievable. Anyway, he says that he's considering eating his neighbors. If the lockdown continues <laughs> and eating his neighbors, eating his oh. neighbors. And I quote, <laughs> I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors, Jones said, predicting a dystopian future plagued by food shortages. Alex Jones is an idiot. Well, that goes without saying. And he says, I won't have to for a few years because I got food and stuff, but I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them. My daughters aren't starving to death, but I will eat my neighbors, dot, dot, dot. I will. This guy, wow. this, this is, this is BS. This guy's a dumbass. Okay. This guy's just trying to get headlines. That's all he's doing. Well, that's he's all he's ever really done. I yeah, believe. it is. He just comes up and he's even admitted this. I think before he just comes up with this, this, this asinine shit and gets people to talk about him. He gets people to go to his website. He's not going to eat his, what an idiot. Right. I mean, yeah. the fact that he even said that. Yeah. That's, that's the, the most amazing uh, I mean, have you seen Alex Jones? He don't need to eat anything he hasn't else missed, anyway. Yeah, he hasn't no, he missed too no. many meals. No, that's for damn sure. So that's all I got for this week. Um, we'll definitely be looking more into some of these stories for our upcoming shows. Um, I think that's going to be about it for this week. Uh, you, you got any insight on what we're going to talk about next week? I've got zero insight. I wing this. I fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, it's all shoot from the hip with me. You know that. So, hey, if you guys got in here today and listened to it, we appreciate it. Uh, we want your comments. We want your feedback. Uh, D, where can they send that stuff to? Uh, you can send it right to our email address, or you can go to our transistor page, which we will be linking on our Facebook pages. But our email address is eldonzodees at gmail.com. And it sounds, or it's spelled just like it sounds, eldonzodees at gmail.com. Send us comments, questions, um, things you might want to see us address on future shows. And as, as of right now, we are currently on Spotify. You can search for us in the Spotify Podcast Network. Um, we are currently under review for iTunes and Google and Overcast. Uh -oh. um, I just I, we, we submitted the trailer to them last night. I think they probably don't do much with it over the weekend. So hopefully by Monday or Tuesday, we'll be up and running on uh, those networks as well. And then obviously we're going to do the video stuff on YouTube. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, that's it for the show today. Donzo and D's out. We'll catch you guys later. Thanks, guys.